0: Welcome to Exceptional Education, the education podcast by ANZUK. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Exceptional Education Early Childhood Edition podcast. My name is Carol Taylor and I've been working with ANZUK for the last five years. I'm currently one of the team leaders in the Melbourne EC space, helping to support services across the northeast of Melbourne. On today's first episode, I'm very excited to be chatting with one of our veteran staff members, Catherine, who will give us a great insight into her journey across early childhood. We'll also be speaking to Stu Birch, who is the Managing Director of EP Education, which is a sister company of ANZ-UK located throughout New Zealand. And he'll be telling us a bit more about his experience with EP. Now, looking at early childhood across Australia, we, we do have a few different scenarios currently. Uh, in Victoria, we have gone into a full lockdown for the next six weeks. So while childcare will be remaining open to essential workers, we, we're yet to see the full impact of how readily available work will be. Um, but as for both Queensland and Sydney, they have come out quite strong on the other side of their lockdowns uh, and are close to being back to full swing, which is great to see. So let's hope as Victorians will be able to do the same in, in six weeks time. To keep everyone in the loop, we will continue to run webinars so we can pass on the relevant information where possible. Uh, So keep an eye out for that. But let's get on with the podcast. So today we are joined by one of our educators, Catherine. Uh, Hello, Catherine. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm great, thanks. How are you doing?
0: Yes, very well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um obviously you're you're part of history at the moment. This is a our first early childhood podcast. Um and you're the, the first person we're interviewing. Obviously you're one of the first people I, I thought of to to interview for this is you've been with us quite a while but you've you've you know have a, a big breadth in the industry and um quite knowledgeable and um so looking to looking forward to learning a bit more about your your run and your history and everything like that. So um i guess we'll we'll get straight into it realistically so i i, I mean i'm sure everyone would want to hear a bit more about you so tell me a bit about yourself where'd you grow up stuff like that
1: um well i'm from wellington in new zealand i was born there um i moved around quite a bit when i was a kid so i've lived in timaru and um dunedin and Hawera, some small towns um and i didn't actually leave um new zealand until i was 22 and i just you know i'd always heard about how amazing melbourne was and wanted to move there um so i just kind of packed up all my things and left without having ever left new zealand before um wow. to call melbourne home
0: wow amazing yeah a lot of um a lot of kiwis they generally do the london for <laughs> for a year or two and then they can settle in melbourne um but you've done melbourne first so um how have you found Melbourne since then? Are you loving it still? Any? Do you miss New Zealand?
1: Oh, I love it! I love it so much. Um, it's definitely the best decision I've ever made to move here. Um, yeah, it was just a, like when I moved here. There's just so many more opportunities than where 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 I was in Wellington. Um, and I did actually go back to Wellington um, for Christmas recently. And I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe maybe things are getting a bit hot in Australia, or I might need to move back to New Zealand. And I was, I was in Wellington, which is um, the windiest city in the world. And I was there for three days before I went, no, I cannot live here. I need to be back in Melbourne. I love it there.
0: Yeah, right. Well, yeah, our weather conditions aren't always the best, but uh, it's, it's rarely too windy, which is good news. Um, so then what what's your history in EC? What made you decide to get in EC? What's the background there?
1: Uh, Well, so it was actually a really happy accident. Um, So when I moved to Melbourne, I um, was looking for work. So I just had a a two-week contract um, doing school holiday programs, and then you needed to find myself some work. Um, And I was looking for work in like peer supporting for mental health. Um, But most of the positions I was looking for, you needed to have a driver's license, which I didn't have at the time. So I had a friend from New Zealand who was a kindergarten teacher, and she was the room leader um, of um, the baby's room at a centre in Albert Park. And she said that they were looking for staff, and she'd recommend me. And then I had the job um, a day later. And I hadn't, like, I babysat my um, I'd babysat my cousins and things before, and I taught um, taught circus to kids before, but I hadn't worked in a centre so. Um, I was yeah really lucky. Um, I really loved the role. Um, they um, I was able to train as an apprentice and get my qualifications while working through that centre for three and a half years. Um, yeah. And I just yeah I feel really happy um, that I was able to fall into a position where I just get to be around so much. Um, oh like insp- inspiration really you know kids are just in such a beautiful state and so um they're so curious about <laughs> life and they just love everything so yeah. um yeah definitely um just completely changed the path that I thought I was going to go on when I moved to Melbourne
0: amazing did you did you have a set path that you were considering going down or were you still trying to to find your way I guess
1: um, well, when I moved to Melbourne, I I was teaching you some circus incursions just for school holiday programs for two weeks. So I wanted to be able to do a little bit um, to be able to focus more on um, some circus stuff, but also I wanted to yeah work in mental health. So yep. um, yeah, it, um, definitely I'm very happy with how things have played out.
0: Amazing, yeah. It's a, it sounds like a good friend you've got there that that sorted you out, which was very lucky well done um so you've mentioned there the the circus side of things and one thing I I know about you is you sort of have a lot of side activities and and circus is one of them um tell me a bit more about that what's the background in that
1: ah so I um first started doing circus um in my first year of uni when I joined the fire and juggling club in Dunedin and um yeah, I just ended up – it was just such an amazing group of people and such a fun hobby um, that I did it, you know, socially, um, and then I ended up getting work and performing and, and teaching through that. Um, yeah, so I, did, I mainly do um, a lot of hula hooping and, and fire performance, um, but also I've been learning um, handstands and um, I do stilt walking and I've been learning partner acrobatics recently. Um yeah, and so now I get like I get to um, most of what I do is um, freelance. So I um, perform and at different community events or um, festivals and cabarets. Um, but then I also get to teach uh, through schools, as well as um, yeah different community workshops, and I teach some adults as well.
0: Amazing, and um, obviously that would play a lot into sort of your days as an early childhood educator um you know I I imagine the kids would love juggling you're probably not allowed to bring the fireside to it but yeah I imagine a lot of that plays into most of your days hanging out the the kids
1: yeah well I do we do do I like I think that the skills um in circus so like balancing and um yeah, the physical coordination is really, really fun and, um, yeah, important. But also, um, I guess, yeah, the, the thing I love about circus um, with kids is that it just really gives um, kids that feeling of, oh, wow, I can do it. And they, yeah. um, they get such a huge kick out of it. And it's so good for their self-esteem. Um, and, yeah, they just really, really love it.
0: Yeah, that that's amazing. And I was actually minutes off coming to see you um, you were performing and I was going to bring my nephews to see some circus tricks um, but unfortunately the event got cancelled but um, I can't wait till the, yeah you know, where we can get back at it and I can come out and bring my nep- nephews who would just love it so much um, so I'm sure that that's, I can't wait for, to experience that myself to see that side of things, so very exciting. So that, that fe- festival I mentioned was the, the Dream Big foundation can you tell me a bit more about that one as well
1: yeah so I've been so lucky to be able to work with dream big over the past two and a half years um so we do um it's a whole well-being and arts program um focused in Melton and um my role is I'm, I'm a circus coach there and choreographer and so we do um circus clubs um at high schools and lunchtime so we do two different lunch times um where the kids can do stilt walking or juggling or hula hooping and they just really get a kick out of learning a new skill and it's a good chance for them to socialize and it's a safe space for them and you know they can just grow a lot more confidence Uh, and then we also can teach um, we do some workshops at specialist schools and um, alternative education settings and then we've also got an after-school family circus club where the kids can learn a bit more um specific skills we do human pyramids as well as all of the stilt walking um, and they get to we get to create shows and then they can perform their shows at, at the different community events so the dream big festival um, or um, and also the the skill show that we produce and um, and then they all get to do stilt walking in the jeroir parade which they really get a kick out of. Um, but recently, um, yeah, recently we've been doing more of a Zoom circus club um, and we've started a project called Juggling Through Lockdown. So um, we've been um, making bean beanbags um, to donate to families who've been um, badly affected by the lockdown. So we've made hundreds of bean bags and we're making tutorial videos that um, families can, can watch at home, um, to, you know, just to have a little bit of extra activities and learn something new at the moment.
0: Amazing. So that was juggling through lockdown. Perfect. So if they Google that, you'll be taken to the site and they can have a look through there. I mean, it's, you know, I looked into it a little while ago. It's it's an amazing uh, thing you're doing. And, um, you know, I hope there's not a height restriction on the uh, stilt walking because I'll definitely be keen to give that a go at some stage. But, um, yeah, that, that, that's a, an amazing uh, thing you're doing. So well done.
1: Yeah, thanks. I can bring some to the office for you sometime if you like.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, there are a couple of shorties in the office who might appreciate it as well, actually, so we might have to, to look into that. It sounds like a great idea. Um, so you, you have had quite a career, I guess, in early childhood, and um, what, what's probably been one of the biggest lessons you've learned during that time?
1: Definitely patience. Um, I had no idea that I could be such a patient person before I started working in early childhood. Um, And I guess also um, not like non-judgment. So not placing judgment on a situation um, when you encounter it. I think that has been a really important thing to learn for me.
0: Yeah, amazing. Yeah, definitely patience is... Would be probably the thing I um, see the most in, in uh, educators, um, especially in early childhood. Um, yeah, that, that's a, an amazing one, and definitely something um, some people have to learn, some people have, um, some people have to learn. So, um, definitely quite a valuable one. So, great. Um, now, do uh, I mean, uh, I, I'm going to ask if you have a favorite memory or story. I generally find, you know, the educators especially in early childhood to have some of the best stories the funniest stories um you know or just some really lovely memories do you have anything along those
1: lines oh there's so many it's really <laughs> um, it's really hard to think of just one um like i can i can remember um one of my favorite times was um we in the garden we had so many snails and the kids would always um Find them, and they'd sing songs about them, and they would tell stories about the snails. Oh, and for the kids, um, just of their own accord, they had lined up all of this um sandpit equipment, and they were watching the snail stretch itself and climb over every single different piece of um sandpit equipment, and they were singing a song to it um, <laughs> while it did this. Um, so
2: amazing.
1: But yeah, I mean, there's just so many funny stories. And uh, one um. One parent came to me um, at the centre I first worked at, and she said that she'd been asking her daughter, um, who's two and a half, if she wanted a little brother or a sister, and she said, "I want a Catherine." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, and, and I and just uh, recently, um, I was um, I was teaching at a primary school um, where some in the area where I used where my first centre was. And when I first walked in there, a kid shot their hand up and they um they asked me like, "Are you Catherine?" Um, and then another kid asked me like, "Oh, did you work at Children's Garden? Were you teaching there?" <laughs> and these um they're six now, but they um these kids I last saw them when they were four, and they were in my room when they were three, and they still remembered my name. So that was just yeah really special.
0: Yeah, that that's incredible. Um, no, the some of the best stories uh, come from the early childhood educators, and I just love how the, the children take everything so literal. Um, I was at a center service the other week, and um, the the director said, the a child said to the director, "Oh, what are you doing with those two gentlemen?" And the director said, "Oh, I'm just showing them the door." Um, and the kid turned around and said, "Why would you show them the door? Doors are boring." Um, and I I couldn't stop thinking about it for the rest of the day. It was probably one of the the funniest things to happen to me. Oh, sorry, I was just saying it's probably one of the funniest things to happen to me. Um, I just couldn't stop thinking about it all day and how how literal they take things sometimes. So um, it's definitely some some great stories in the industry. Um, so what advice would you give then to to someone who is looking into the to early childhood that you know who might not have experience it you know someone like yourself who wasn't expecting it um and has fallen into it or you know looking to get into it what what's your best advice
1: um well I think like use the opportunity to really try and see and understand and remember like the world through the eyes of a child and like remember what it was like for you when you were that age um and try to bring that that wonder and that play that kids get to live in back into your own life um, and I think sometimes as well, you can experience some really challenging behavior um, or situations. And I think something that's really helped me and that I, that I find helpful is to just try not to place judgment on it and think about it, like just wonder, like approach it with curiosity, you know, why, why is this behavior happening in this way? Like, I really wonder what, what what needs is this meeting for the child and um, you know how can I how can I meet the needs of that child and I think um, like I like to try to be um, really think about being like a calm stable rock for a child who might be struggling with their emotional rela- um, emotional regulation and just be there to offer warmth and support, but also boundaries for that child um, yeah and then yeah so then and then help them to be able to like get through that moment and to build their own um capabilities for for managing those situations um yeah and i also am a massive fan of the four-day work week so i do I personally <laughs> yeah. recommend that one
0: <laughs> yes no I'll, I'll run that one by my bosses as well see how i go um but yeah no i mean some some amazing advice there and um, you know it's something I'm really hoping to get out of this is you know this the shared information across the board and um, you yeah, know what you said was, was quite beautiful actually it was um, yeah spot on and definitely hopefully will help someone moving into the to the industry um, I mean one thing I, I do know about you as well is you are very creative um, which I imagine it plays hugely into you um, your, your day-to-day role um what would you say then to someone who isn't as creative like myself who doesn't have the the creativeness that is probably required um are there, do you have any tricks up your sleeve for that do you have um any sort of standard things you find quite simple to do
1: oh um in terms of working with children yeah um, I think let the kids be creative for you. Um, my, I, to be honest, I steal my best ideas from children. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they, um, I think, I don't think you need to be creative to to be an early childhood educator or to ha- um, have great activities um, for the children to do. Um, they yeah, often, you know, often if you let the children lead by their own interests, what they want to do, they might want a little bit of help with um, some practical things, maybe cutting shapes, but, you know, they, they'll have an idea of what, what they want to do, and you'll be really surprised at just how they'll think outside of the box and be creative in ways that you could have never even thought about.
0: Yeah, amazing. No, that's that's beautiful advice. Um, I know, yes, yeah, so I am terrible at that kind of stuff so it's good to hear that you know um there are options for people who aren't as creatively inclined as yourself um so one last question i I didn't put this in the the pre-question so i'm going to drop this on you a little bit i didn't put that one in either um where do you see your future going in early childhood or you know how much are you looking to Um, involve the the circus with the EC and and build upon that. Is is there a future in there? What's your plans?
1: Yeah, wow. I mean, I've got so many plans, um, (laughs) so many ideas. Um, I'm really happy with what I'm doing at the moment. So, um, you know, doing um, three to four days of early childhood work with ANZ UK, um, which I love, Um, and that's been really stable for me as well as being able to pursue... um, performing and um, teaching circus to the kids i do Um, but also i mean i guess eventually i would love to go back to study um and do my master's in clinical psychology and then be able to and then maybe um maybe do child psychology um as a part of that and think about how um maybe do some research on how circus um could help um can help you know children and young people who have experienced trauma Um, so i think i'm trying to think about that for a research project but um right now i don't think that that's a plan for um for a couple of years but definitely wanting to still do early childhood through you know if i did do further studies um do those studies part-time and still be able to work in early childhood while i did that
0: Wow, incredible. No, that, that sounds um, really interesting. I think something that you'd be very well suited for. Um, so well done. Um, well, Catherine, th- I mean, that's all of my questions. Thank you so much for taking the time out to, to chat with me this morning. Um, I'm very excited to, to see where this goes. And I know it's going to be hopefully a lot of positive feedback um, from my interview with you. Um, you know, I can't wait to, you know, this be history. One of the first ones we'll remember back on this day, hopefully. <laughs> um, but, I uh, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with me. I really appreciate it. And again, thank you so much to Catherine for joining us today. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to get to know a bit more about her and her journey across early childhood. And now we move on to this week's 18 in focus. Rob, myself, were lucky enough to interview Stu Birch, who is the Managing Director of EP Education over in New Zealand. We are really grateful for Stu to take time out of his busy schedule to, to meet with us and have a bit more of a chat about his background and involvement in EP uh, and what he thinks the future of education might look like. Uh, I actually met Stu a while back while I was working in the London office and he flew in for a visit and treated the office to some pineapple lumps, um, which is a little New Zealander delicacy. And I've not forgotten him since and very grateful for that moment. So here we go. Today,
3: myself and Kale Say hello, Kale. Hello, everyone. Hello, Cal. Joined by Stu Birch, the managing director of EP Education, formerly known as Education Personnel in New Zealand, which is a partner company of ANZUK UK Education. So, Stu, hello. Thank you very much for joining us. How are you doing today?
2: I oh, look very, very well, very well. Pleasure. Nice to, uh, nice to see you guys.
0: Yeah, you too, mate. Good to have you here. We're, we're curious. You yeah, know, we're we're trying to. Do these little segments to find out a bit more about our our friends and family and within the company um so we're curious to know a bit more about yourself Stu. so i mean first of all where, where'd you grow up in in nz i'm assuming yeah uh, yeah
2: yeah nz i've um well i, I mostly well I, I sort of two couple of places i spent a lot of my childhood in a place called uh whanganui which is um just uh on the banks of a one of new zealand's big rivers And then uh, moved to um, to little 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 suburb of Wellington called Tawa, which is uh, um, yeah, just a a nondescript run of a mill suburb.
0: (laughs) I'm sure it's glorious. I'm sure it is.
3: Yeah, and um, so how did you uh, how did you find yourself in uh, in education? What what made you make your, the move into that? Was it did you move, was it Tower? Did you say did you move from Tower away from there, or what was the reason for you taking the steps into education?
2: You know, like 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 every good Tower boy, I went and studied to be an accountant because that's what you did when you were when you lived in Tower, <laughs> um, and uh, and I, I did that for for a few years and realised by the end of my degree that I was never going to be an accountant and sort of thought, well, I better do something else, and um, so I initially decided I'd go and be an accounting teacher, um, but trained as a. Back in those days, if you were trained in primary, you could teach both primary and secondary. And so, I, I thought I'd do my primary training. And um, by the time I kind of got out of that, I'd forgotten about accounting and thought, man, I'll, I'll go into primary teaching and did that for a few years and thought I need to do something different. And so, I thought, well, I'll, I'll set up a set up a business and see see how it goes. So,
3: nice. and were you teaching primary? Um In Wellington, or was it somewhere else in New Zealand that you settled to do your teaching?
2: Yeah, so I I started teaching in in Wellington, and then, um, yeah, did what many Kiwis did, headed over to London and taught there for a while, Um, got old supply teaching, um, and uh, did that, did a wee stins in an international school in Spain. And then, um, and then came home, got back into primary teaching again for a little bit. But I, I guess by then my heart was out of it, and so decided to do, um, do something else. So, but, but Brilliant. my heart was still very much in education. So I, I, really, you know, I, I was passionate about education and, uh, and, and its ability to make a difference. And so I really wanted to stay in in the education sector. So, but just felt like I'd done my time in the classroom.
0: Brilliant. So when you say you set up your your own business, that's what we now know as EP Education. Is that right?
2: Well, I, it kind of is. I, I had another crack at another wee business doing okay. um, doing tutoring, and 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 I was wasn't bringing in a lot of money, and so I was doing relief teaching on the side, and. Uh, and one day in the in the staff room, I met, met this British bloke who was also doing relief teaching, and we got talking and thought, well, why don't we set up a relief agency? We'd both worked for agencies in the UK, and and so I, I kind of had two runs at it, if you like, and the relief agency went far better than the tutoring business, so I gave that <laughs> one up and focused <laughs> on this one. So.
0: Excellent. Amazing.
3: Oh, so, um, I was going to say, yeah, it certainly must have gone pretty well, because obviously – EP still around now. So how long ago was it that you started up EP?
2: Well, so we're, we're actually in our 25th year this year. So, um, yeah.
3: So that would make you how old?
0: <laughs>
2: uh, we'll leave that one alone, Rob. Yeah, Come on. I, I, <laughs> well, I'm probably not quite the the oldest person in the ANZ UK family, but
1: I can't be too far off.
0: Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah. Um, So, I mean, w- what's probably one of the biggest changes you've seen in education in your time, <laughs> uh, teaching or recruitment side? you
2: know, Yeah. Sort of, well, yeah. Well, look, I, I, I did. I mean, I had a, I had a bit of a think about this, but you know, the <laughs> this is a, this is a ridiculous answer, and it just really goes <laughs> to point out how old I am. But, but it's, it's actually the internet you know right. it's the internet and technology when we when we kicked off we were on bits of paper whiteboards um, you know we uh, yeah we had a computer but it it didn't have the internet um, yeah. so um, yeah and and we you know to move that to where we are today we you know we're uh, we're on opposite sides of the ditch having a good old chat um and uh, you know, I've just I've just finished a team meeting with the team here who are who are spread all around uh, you know all around the Wellington area and and Auckland. And so, um, the changes of technology, I guess the you know the power of something like Relief Roster to to make a difference to what we do is phenomenal.
3: Yeah, brilliant. So did you um? So did the EP education initially start in Wellington and then move? To the other cities or did it start in a different city and then expand into into the other cities in New Zealand
2: yeah kick, kicked off in Wellington and then then expanded from from here we we had a, a couple of goes at Auckland actually I mean we've we've worked in Auckland for a long time but from the Wellington office and and had a had a go uh, about 10 years ago setting up in Auckland but we timed it perfectly with the global financial crisis so we kind of lasted 9 months and then <laughs> Came home uh, and had another go a few years later. So, uh, yeah.
3: Fantastic. And um, so ANZ UK and education personnel joined forces in the middle of 2019. Um, how did that relationship come about?
2: yeah so um, so i I got a call uh, call from Daniel. actually, you know, believe it or not, the first time Daniel called me was about it was about sort of ten or twelve years ago when he was kicking off ANZ and and just and you know, he just rang me up and said, hey, we're we're doing a similar similar thing to you guys in, in Melbourne. It's going pretty well. And you know we had a bit of a chat. and then he rang me um about four years ago and just said, Hey, you know, we're we're really looking at at our um, our our worldwide um, how we work worldwide, and and would you be interested in having a chat about um about partnering with us, about becoming part of the ANZ ANZ UK yeah uh, team, and so we we talked about that for for a bit um, and then yeah, last year we were able to make that make that a, a reality, I guess. I guess for me I'd I'd had a few approaches from from various companies and the thing that, that struck me about ANZ UK is is the similarities with ourselves um, in terms of focus on values, focus on culture, focus on on making a difference. Um, I think for, for most of us in education, you know, it's it's about uh, it's about making making a positive difference in the world as as well as making a dollar and and that that similarity and that um, was was very strong. I, I'm a huge admirer of what ANZ UK is doing around the world and the opportunity to be a part uh, be a part of that was was pretty exciting.
0: Well, amazing stuff. Um, you did touch on the similarities there, and I know you've. Um had a few of our staff come across from say London and a couple from the Melbourne office. Um, how have you found the, the similarities there and you know, how different or how similar are they, you know, the staff across, across the ditch, as they say?
2: <laughs> yeah, look, look, it's, it's been really, uh, you know, pretty, uh, I mean, re- really good actually. The, I mean, we've, we've employed, a lot of recruiters from the UK over the years and and not had a a lot of success I suppose or or for many of them you know there hasn't been a lot of success and and they've come from a, a place um, which is you know often often it's all just all about doing the deal and and pushing through and you the people are coming from a big anonymous city and they come to a little old NZ where you know you, you can't burn your bridges because you're gonna bump into that person <laughs> on Saturday night at yeah. your cousin's house right Um <laughs> Whereas what we've found is, is you know, with our people coming, with people coming in from ANZ, UK, from, from Melbourne, and 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 from London, there's been a real, a uh, real commitment to to what's to what's happening. That team approach, um, a real commitment to the values, the culture, relationships. Um, you know, as well as as doing our best to to do the job as well as we can, and and I think it's been the same. We've got you know we've got our team members. One of our teams in uh, London uh, now with ANZ UK there. One of our teams in Melbourne, um, and it's been awesome to see how how well they've done and and how people can fit into to the cultures so well. Yeah, I
3: think it's been a, it's been quite amazing how many staffing movements there've been um between the offices already with amy and matt heading over there and naira coming this way and yeah. shannon heading that way as well it's quite remarkable yeah. how many staff have actually worked in multiple countries under the and uk the scoot or the ep moniker so it's quite it's it's happened very very quickly and uh, yeah Absolutely. it's great to see that the the culture and the values are very similar across the employees no matter where you work it, i think it makes that i suppose the uh the transition seamless when you are moving from place to place and that's been uh, very helpful to uh, to a lot of employees i was just curious to know if there have been any changes since you joined forces with uh, with ANZ UK in New Zealand have there been any drastic or or differences that have occurred since since mid 2019
2: yeah look there's been a um, there's been a lot of uh, i i suppose i wouldn't say anything anything drastic because you know, Daniel and I worked together a lot talking about about how we could work together, if that makes sense. The changes have been um, steady and, and extremely, extremely useful, I suppose. I mean, one of the key ones for us has been the introduction of Relief Roster um for our relief bookers and and the use and the ability to um i, I think that's probably well in fact i, I don't think it's probably I, I know it's the it's the best system in the world for um helping schools and and teachers um you know matching schools and teachers for relief we we spend a long time looking at, at different systems and um Relief roster, I think, is a step above all of them, and so that's been a a big change, but a very positive and a very planned one. Um, certainly, we're we're in a position where you know a lot of our team or se- several of our team, are now talking with um, with uh, mentors in in Sydney or Melbourne or London. Um our marketing has been uh transformed, our public profile through the work um, that Alice and um, Lindsay and um Georgia. Georgia <laughs> in uh, in Melbourne have, have done. It's it's been phenomenal. And so um yeah, i, I a huge number of benefits for us in in terms of um, in terms of the way we do things, the information we get, the capability with is a much, much larger organization than us, and with that there comes access to a whole lot of resource that we've never been able to access. So
0: Brilliant. No, it's it's been a interesting year and a half. Um, so I mean what given all that and what you've seen, what opportunities do you see for the future of, you know, the relationship between the, the two companies and you know New Zealand moving forward and and everything in in that field?
2: Yeah, so I, I think uh, for you know for ANZ UK EP Education gives that that profile in in New Zealand and that that ability to. Um, to be the lead lead player in the market here in in education, recruitment, and education services, really, we're because you know we're looking at a number of a number of different ways of helping helping schools and and teachers uh, as 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 ANZ UK does around the world. Um, the and, and so I think. You know, one of the big changes that's happened that I've seen over the last twenty-five years is that globalisation, and we've, you know, we've touched on a little bit with our team members going to London and and people coming here from from Melbourne and and so on and so forth. And I think, I think that that real worldwide connection is a huge opportunity for all of us, really, in terms of being able to, um, you know, connect. Um. Yeah. Connect around the world in education through education. Uh,
0: excellent. There. Uh, so finally, we'll end on a on a big note. What's your uh, favorite dad joke? Have you got one for us today?
2: <laughs> yeah. Like I did. Uh, you know, I'm. Um, I, I, I thought I'd I thought I'd hand that one over to my to my kids really, and oh, nice. and, and 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 you know they. Uh, that they came back and they said, Dad, you're the biggest joke there is, mate. That
0: is harsh feedback.
2: <laughs> I, I think if I answer that question, I'd, I'd probably say the biggest dad, the biggest joke, Dad, is me. So, <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, really thankful for your time today, Stu. Yeah, it's um, it's so much. great having you on board and everyone else at EP Education and um, the opportunities are fantastic for us, but also great to have yourself and all the other employees at EP merged in with with everyone here at ANZ UK in Australia. So we're really thankful for that. And also thanks for your time today. It's been great to for myself and I'm sure for Kale as well, just to learn a bit of a bit about you and your journey, because it was stuff that I wasn't aware of. And um, yeah, and really looking forward to continue working with you in the future. And thanks so much for your time today.
2: Yeah, I appreciate thanks the so opportunity. Enjoy it the over there. Good to speak. Good on you. Stay safe. huh? Thank you, mate. Cheers.
0: And that chat with Stu concludes the first episode of Exceptional Education. If you're interested in peering on the podcast, learning more about the A-Team, or keen on partnering with ANZUK to help support your work opportunities, then please email us at au And I look forward to catching up with you next time. Thank you so much for listening.